What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's having a good day. If not, I hope you have a better one after listening to the episode. If not, try and find something to have a good day with. To do, go to the beach, go to the park, do something, play some video games. Um, Yeah, I hope you have a good time with this episode. I had a lot of fun making it. I almost go on one of my rants again. We talk about Will Brooks. The Volkanovsky fight. I hope you guys have a good day. Peace. Remember, follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official. Official score. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. And remember, guys, if you comment, you give me a like on the post, anything, interact with the page. You can ask me questions there. Would really be appreciated. Peace. Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth, episode 86, the Punch in the Mouth podcast, of course. I'm Adrian. I hope everybody's doing well. Hold on, let me just the volume here. There we go. Now I can hear myself. Couldn't hear myself before. I apologize for that. But like I said, this is number 86. We're powering through these. We're going to go to 87 later on in the week. I understand that the postings might be back-to-back. Because today's Tuesday, I couldn't record yesterday. I usually try to record Mondays and Wednesdays to have these up Tuesdays and Thursdays. But these might end up being back-to-back if they are. I'm going to try to have... Yeah, it probably is because it's already kind of late. And I want to try to maximize the exposure of each episode. So you might be hearing this on Wednesday. And then, of course, we're going to try and stay... On schedule for the opinion episode on Thursday. But let's get into it. UFC 284 was this past weekend. It's funny right. Because I try to stay as neutral as possible. But when it's a crazy main event like that. It's nuts. But hold on. Islam Mahashev defeats Alexander Volkanovsky. Unanimous decision 48-47-48-47-49-46. Yair Rodriguez defeats Josh Emmett submission triangle choke round two at 419. Jack Delia Mandelena defeats Randy Brown. That guy is the truth, man. Jack Delia. At a minute six in the first round, Jimmy Crude and Alonzo Menafield fight to a draw. Modestus Bukakis defeats Tyson Pedro. My boy Pedro. I didn't really get to see that fight too good, but. It was nuts, man. Nuts. Okay, where do I want to start with this? Oh, I missed one. Justin Taffa defeats Parker Porter. That was a minute six. Jack Delia Mandelia defeated Randy Brown at 213 of the first round. I apologize for that. And also, UFC legend Jens Pulver announced for the UFC Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Jens. You deserve it, man. You're the truth. For those that don't know... Although, if you saw the video package, you should know, but if you didn't catch it, I'll tell you right now. Jens was actually the ultimate fighter coach of Nathan Diaz for season five. They say that's the best ultimate fighter season there's ever been competition-wise because there was a bunch of killers on that one. 
That's nuts, man. That season was crazy, too, because it opens with BJ asking <laughs> who wants to be on his team, and he tells them to raise their hand, and, like, so it's supposed to be 16 guys, right? So, so each person gets eight people. And I believe about 11 people raised their hand to be on BJ's team. It was hilarious. And then he keeps telling Dana, Dana, can we just do it like that? Can we just do it like that, Dana? And Dana's like, dude, pick teams already. Jesus Christ. Hilarious. But congratulations to Jens. Um, I do know that he had to keep fighting way past his prime, which um, ended up him retiring on a losing skid. Let's see here. Well, yeah, because he won, so he retired 27, 27 wins and 19 losses. But his second to last loss was at 1FC Bantamweight Grand Prix semifinal. That's not bad. He last fought November 23rd, 2013. His superior challenge, nine Gothenburg in Gothenburg, Sweden. But congratulations to Jens, man. He was always one of my favorite fighters. Even though, like, I saw him more in the WEC because... By the time I started watching UFC, they had gotten rid of the lightweight division. So it's weird, right? Because Jens was officially the first lightweight champion. And then they got rid of it for some reason. I don't know if it's just that they couldn't get fighters. And then you got the first ultimate fighter, right? Where Kenny Florin, he was fighting all the way up to middleweight because that's what they were looking for at the time. Black heavyweights and middleweights. And Kenny Florian fought all the way up to middleweight. And... Back then, the first season was more of like a reality show, not like now where everybody has to fight in order to advance. Like back then, you can coast, and he coasted all the way. He never fought in the house up until the semifinals, and that's when he cut Chris Lieben with a crazy elbow. So he ended up making the finals against Diego, and then Diego Sanchez just blew him out the water. I'm talking about Kenny Florian here. So then he moved down to welterweight, and then... For whatever reason, they brought back the lightweight belt. And you, if for those who don't know, go look up Sean Shirk. That dude, they, his nickname was the Muscle Shark. That dude was, and of course, this was back, let's see, in around 06, 07. Yeah, this dude, he had to be on the mother effing juice, bro. Because that dude looked crazy. I wonder what he looks like now. Let's see what he looks like now. But Sean Shirk, that dude looked like his muscles had muscles. Of course, that dude's still the man. I'm not talking smack about Sean Shirk. I'm just saying that dude's muscles had muscles. The muscle shark. I don't think I'm going to be able to find pictures of him recently. Look, see? Right here it says, The Sean Shirk steroid saga. A former UFC lightweight champion fall from grace. Sean the muscle shark Shirk returned to action May 24th in Las Vegas. After a less than voluntary nine-month layoff. After defending his title on July 4, 2007 with a convincing decision win over Hermes Franca, the California State Athletic Commission suspended Shirk for testing positive for the steroid Nandrolone metabolite. Shirk's opponent, Hermes Franca, also tested positive for steroids following the fight. I'm telling you, bro, it was a crazy time. And this was way, this was back when? In 2000, I was in Costa. I remember. Okay, the reason I remember this because I was I was upset because I was in Costa Rica, and there was no way for me to watch this fight in Costa Rica back in 2007, man. And I believe that's when Anderson Silva. Who did Anderson fight? Because I don't know. Guerra fought Tim Sylvia. Sean Shirk fought Hermes and Anderson. I want to say Anderson fought Nate, not Nate Quarry, Nate Marquardt. 
But look, Shirk's opponent, Hermes Franca, also tested positive for steroids following the fight. He immediately accepted the ruling and apologized to, why can't I go down? His fans for taking Dastrolene, I think that's what is used in order to speed up the healing process of a knee injury. Within 24 hours of his suspension, Shirk filed an appeal with the California State Athletic Commission stating that he did not use any illegal substances and never even heard of nandrolone metabolite drug. Never heard of the nandrolone. Both Shirk's A and B samples tested for levels of 12... Oh, okay, whatever, whatever. Because Shirk tested with almost double the levels of a normal athlete, we can make two guesses about what happened. Either he used the drug knowingly or not. Or he is a freak of nature. Maybe he really is a walking and talking wrestling muscle shark. Based on Shirk's well-documented, disgustingly difficult workout routine, one could believe that he has increased levels of nandrolone are simply a result of hard work combined with a slight physical anomaly similar to Lance Armstrong off the charts red blood cell count. Shirk has been battling with the California State Athletic Commission for seven months now, though this is, this is a very old post. This was posted when, so it's not seven months. It's this was posted back in April 18th of 2008. Shirk may have a point here. Leading up to his once already delayed hearing, Shirk's lawyer Howard Jacobs submitted an evidence briefing to the head of the California State Athletic Commission four days before Tuesday's hearing. This brief was evidently either not delivered to the other officials or not reviewed by them before the hearing. Okay, hold on. I skipped part. I skipped stuff. Shirk has been battling with the California State Athletic Commission for seven months through their Court of Appeals. The media and the internet, he recently stated that he will never fight in the state of California again due to the unprofessional manner in which they've dealt with his case. Okay, so, come on, dude. Back in those days, of course, everybody was on juice. Fucking doesn't Nick and Nate say it all the time? All you motherfuckers are on steroids. Doesn't he say that? Does he not say that? And Chel Sonnen has come out on, I believe, Steve's podcast and said, he's like, bro, they're all doing it. I myself was doing it, and they caught me for some stuff, but they didn't catch me for all the things I was doing. So let's go back. Sorry for my rant about Jens Pulver. So going back to what I was saying. So Jens was the first champion. Then Shirk was the second champion because he ends up beating Kenny Florian. And then because of this, they end up doing an interim fight between BJ and Joe Stevenson. BJ beat the brakes off that guy. And then, like, it's funny because he went on the mic afterwards. He yells, Sean Shirk, you're dead. Like, whoa, bro. Shots fired. And then they end up fighting. BJ beats the brakes off of Sean. And then BJ goes on that tear for a while, right? And then Frankie comes in. Frankie beats him. And then Frankie goes on the tear. And then Benson Henderson wins the belt. And then who was the champion after Ben? I forget. Because then it started hopping around for a while. No, then Pettis beat him. Okay, now I remember. Pettis beat him. And then Dos Anjos beat the brakes off of him. And then Eddie Alvarez beat Dos Anjos. And then Connor beat Eddie. And then they stripped Connor. And then that's when Khabib becomes champion. And, and then Khabib retires. Then they do Charles and Chandler. And then they strip Charles. So him and Islam fight for the vacant belt. Islam wins. And Islam's your current champion. Woo! You like that? That was all from my head, too. But yeah, man, the 155s. And then Jens goes to 
Featherwind, he fights some guy named Uriah Faber. I don't know if you ever heard of him. The dude that built the featherweights and somewhat the bantamweights. Do you guys believe that? But congratulations, gents. Let's get back to the fight. So, Islam Mahashev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. What a crazy fight. What a crazy, crazy fight, man. Like, I understand it's probably not going to win fight of the year because it happened so early and, like, we still have March, we still have April, we still have May, we still have all these months to come in. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's at least a contender. Like, I hope it doesn't get forgotten. I hope it doesn't get forgotten. Because that was a crazy fight. First round, I had Volk winning it up until Islam knocks him down and, like, Islam was getting good strikes in, so I gave it to Islam. Round two, I ended up giving it to Volk because of the good body work. He had him up against the cage, and I believe people gave it to Islam because I believe that's where Islam hits him, and Volk goes down on one knee. But, like, that has to be fixed, in my opinion, because if you go down on one knee and you just pop right back up and you keep going to work, like, how is that, quote-unquote, like they say here? Let me see if I found it. Striking criteria, prioritized criteria, legal blows that have immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute towards the end of a match with immediate weighing in more heavily than cumulative. Like, come on, bro. What? So, like, that needs to be fixed because if that's the reason they gave it to Islam, then Volk should have won round two. Round three, I gave that one to Volk also. Yeah, Volk started turning it on him. Now, this is where I had a big problem. Round four. Okay, first of all, one thing I want to make very clear. Good takedown by Islam. That was gold standard double leg takedown. That was awesome. But then my next problem is after that. Like Volk tried to get up and then Islam takes his back. And then Islam doesn't do anything to him after. You're going to say to me, well, he was controlling him. Control, control time. I'm like, dude, Volk was punching him in the face. And it was effective. Here it is. Effective aggressiveness effective aggressiveness where 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 is it cumulative impact successful execution of takedowns the mission one thing i want to tell you like that position was not contributing to the ending of the match for islam nor were the punches of volkanovsky but where where is it i cannot i hate when i can't find stuff it says legal blows i have uh, successful execution of takedowns Right here it says successful execution of takedown, submission attempts, and reversals, and the achievement of advantageous positions that produce immediate, immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute to the end of the match, with immediate weighing more heavily than cumulative. It shall be noted. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so he gets the takedown, right? And then they're going, they're going, bulk somehow flips him and starts crawling towards his corner, but then. Islam took his back. Like, Volk was somehow able to get into a position where he was able to crawl, and then Islam takes his back. And then they stay there. But so what Volk starts to do, because he doesn't want Islam to be able to choke him, right? He starts hitting him. And it's so effective that Islam starts doing it back. And like, you can see in Islam's face, those those punches were hurting. So in my opinion, Volk's winning the fight. Yes, Islam has his back. But what is he doing? He, I'm not going to deny he tried to choke him once or twice. But other than that, he just has him there. And Volk is hitting him. Now, these aren't contributing to the ending of the fight. But to me, you hitting him is more than him just holding on to you. Now, should Volk have tried to get out? Yes, 100%. That's Volkanovski's fault. But 
if we're looking at criteria, effective striking and grappling. How is having his back for two minutes effective grappling contributing towards the ending of a match? Where punches, I can see like, yo, I'm stuck, so I'm just going to hit him as much as I can. And I honestly blame the ref here too because the ref should have been like, okay, Islam, come on, come on, come on. I'm not telling you stand them up right away, but you gave them two minutes of them in that same position that Volk started yelling at the ref. Like, what? Come on, man. Like, something needs to change here. And I believe that striking and grappling in that round were nullified, so you have to go to effective aggressiveness, which the aggressor, let's be honest here, was Alex Volkanovsky. Because from the takedown, what did Islam do? He let him crawl, and then he took his back, and then he just sat there. But that's neither here nor there. The round that needs to be looked at again is round two, because that's the one where you're like, well, because you could easily give round one to Islam. You could give round three to Volk. We'll give round four to Islam and round five to Volk. The one you need to look at is round two. And I'm telling you, if the only reason they gave it to Islam is because he hits Volk and Volk takes a knee but pops right back up and continues to go back to work, like, come on, man. That's not immediate impact causing the end of a match because he was in no real danger. Now, I'll tell you one thing that I didn't like that Volk was doing that entire fight. Every time Islam would hit him, you could see that it would hurt Volk. Like, you could see Volk would feel it. Islam was eating shots better. Islam was eating shots better. But we shall see. Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. That was a crazy fight. And Yair's a madman, bro. He is a madman. You know why? Because he went for a flying knee. He did not care that Josh got him down. Because, like, I'll just put this triangle on him. And I'm going to tell you something. Because Volk already said, he's like, I'll go back and fight Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez's kicks are going to be a problem for Volkanovski. I'll tell you that right now. Yair Rodriguez's kicks will be a problem for him. So that that's right there. Another guy we need to look at is Jack Delia Mandelena. That guy is nuts. Where is he in the rankings? We're going to talk about the rankings more later. But where are these rankings? And I hate when I can't find stuff. Oh, right here. He's number 14. Him and Chiesa would be a good fight. Shafkat Ragmarov is about to fight, I believe, in March. But yeah, having fight Michael Chiesa, I'd watch that. That'd be a crazy fight. But yeah, that guy's good, man. Jimmy Crew versus Alonzo Menafield, crazy fight. Justin Taffa, Parker Porter. Justin Taffa be looking like Conor McGregor in there with that punch. But we shall see, man. We shall see. I don't know, man. Like, I remember I wasn't the biggest fan of Volk, but just seeing where he's come and how he's been beating guys down and like these people saying that oh Volk should remain number one pound for pound because he was the shorter guy no he should remain number one pound for pound because he won that fight (laughs) come on bro if your only argument to me is because Islam had his back for round four because I know round two is probably that punch that made him take a knee for round four you can't argue to me that they should have not called the holding on the Eagles Against the Chiefs at the Super Bowl. Because if that's what we're going by. And I still believe Volk had the effective striking going on. Because it was clearly hurting Islam. But yeah, so Yair Rodriguez versus Josh M. I mean, Volkanovski is probably next. Uh, UFC rankings for lightweight. So there are three people here that I could believe are going to give Islam a really hard time. And one of them, you guys are going to tell me I'm absolutely out of my mind, so we're going to get that out out of the way right now. 
Number one would be Mike Chandler. Number two for me would be Benil Dariush. And then number three is already a guy that Islam fought and beat, but I didn't see the original fight. I heard he had a really hard time with Armin Sarukian. So we shall see, man. Like Those are three fights to look out for for Islam because Mike's very aggressive and he has good wrestling. The, the only thing is that if Islam takes his back the way Volk, he took Volk's back, is he going to get choked? Because we've seen Chandler get choked by um, Dustin Poirier. And, of course, we see we know Chandler's going to fight Conor McGregor. Like That's already announced, and it's looking like it's going to be 170 because Conor McGregor is looking huge. He's looking huge, guys. So we shall see. We shall see. But, yeah. Because I also heard Charles is going to fight Benio Darius. So there's some fights that need to play out first. But for me, my money, if it's not Volk, one of these three guys is going to give Islam a hard time. And I'll say it again, Mike Chandler, that I know you guys are going to say, I'm absolutely out of my mind. Benio Darius or Armin Sarukian. Let's move on to the fight this weekend. Oh, did I just close it like an idiot? It's okay, it's okay. So, this weekend, Jessica Andrade will fight Aaron Blanchfield. Crazy fight. So, Aaron Blanchfield was supposed to fight Tyler Santos, but for whatever reason, she pulled out. But here's his personal reasons. I hope everything's okay. But Jessica Andrade will fight Aaron Blanchfield. Jordan Wright will fight Zach Pauga. Josh Parisian will fight Jamal Purgues. William Knight will fight Martin Pacino. Jim Miller will fight Alexander Hernandez. And Olven St. Prue going to be on the... Prelims, that's going to be a good fight, but I'm excited for this Jim Miller, Alexander Hernandez fight. That's what I'm looking forward to. But Erin Blanchfield, she won the Eddie Bravo Invitational. I want to see what this, if this girl can get past Jessica Andrade. Give her a title shot, man. Give her a title shot, please. She deserves How old is this chick? She's only 23. She's got loads of time, and look at where she is already. Where is she in the ranking? She's already number 10, and she's going to fight... The number three girl. That's going to shoot her up, man. Shoot her all the way up. Now, I have a question. Why did Alexa Grosso get the title shot over Manon Ferrot? I wonder why. I mean, I get Caitlyn has already lost to Valentina. Jessica lost to Valentina. Tyler lost to Valentina. Now, another thing people were saying is, how do you give Islam the round four when round two was, was similar where... Tyler had Valentina's back and like so Valentina was in Volk's position and Tyler was in was in Islam's position but yet you give the round to Valentina and don't give me this fucking bullshit to be the champion you gotta beat the champion shut the fuck up with that like whoever says that just shut up like please bro like who the fuck made that rule up where in the rule set does it say that like that is the stupidest shit anybody's ever come up with like if that's the reason Valentina won, like, that's garbage, okay? To me, to me. But this, uh, to be the champion, you gotta beat the champion. Volk beat him! Volk beat him! I'm fucking, <laughs> I can't be getting this hot about this shit. Like, it's overraging. Like, you can scream, yo, turn purple, any colors of the rainbow, but it's not gonna change the outcome of the fight. So stop getting so hot, bro. But I, I just, I just proposed that question. I'm going to go back and watch Tyler Santos versus Valentina. And I'm going to check out round two and see what people say. Because I feel, I feel, and another thing it could be is the sweet takedown Islam did. Which, okay, if that's what it is, 
That fucking takedown was fucking gold standard takedown. I love that takedown, honestly. But how do you give it to a guy that's two minutes on your back not doing jack? I'm not going to lie. He tried to choke him once or twice, but Volk didn't let him. But Volk kept punching right after he defended. Like, what are the... Like, guys, I'm telling you, comment punching the mouth official on Instagram or send me a tweet, official underscore P-I-T-M, please. Like, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Even if it's, like, one or two people, I wish it was more, but I don't know, man. I don't know. But, yeah, Aaron Blanchfield versus Jessica Andrade. I wonder if they went to Manon Ferro first and she said no, so that's why they went with Alexa Grasso because Valentina will fight March 6th in the co-main event. Of John Jones versus Cyril Gunn. It's coming up. Are you guys excited for Johnny Bones' return? I am. I want to see what he looks like. Okay, last thing. We're going to look at the rankings. More importantly, pound for pound rankings. I got it. Oh, we're right here. Okay, ready? Is number one, Alex Volkanovsky. Number two, Islam Mahashev. Number three, Leon Edwards. Number four, Kamar Usman. You know, this is the UFC's way of saying Alex won that fight. Oh, wait. There is two other things, but I got two into this that I forgot. But, okay, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that next. So, this is the UFC's way of saying Alex won that fight. Now, this is unfair to Islam, right? Because he feels he won. He got his hand raised. Technically, he should take the number one pound for pound spot. Because if it's a matter of opinion, like, the fact is he won. Doesn't matter how much I disagree with it and think Volk won. He got his hand raised. Pugilistic sport. He should be number one. Now he could go with the mindset, well, I beat him. So I I don't care what Alyssa says. I know I'm number one. Which, that's cool. But Islam, like he should be, his his work should be taken into consideration. And he, he should be put at number one. Now I don't know if it's because the UFC is planning to run it right back. And have Yair. Let's see. Let's see if they do that. Who can Yair defend it? It's because Max Holloway is going to fight Arnold Allen in April. Brian Ortega already lost to Yair. But that's two fights they could do with Yair. If they what they want to do is run back Islam and Volkanovski. They can have Yair fight the winner of Max and Allen. Or have him fight Brian Ortega because the Brian Ortega fight ended in somewhat controversial fashion. But that's just me. But going back, Islam. He should be number one. As much as I think Volk won, the fact of the matter is Islam got his hand raised, so he should be number one. But let's go to the world of Twitter real fast. You guys down with that? Let's go. Let's see. Let's see. It comes down to this. Volk was not going into the fight. A bigger man who everybody feared. Instead of getting big brother like most expected, he was the one who humbled Islam and arguably won. At size, at size parity, Volk wins every time. At size parity. Therefore, he is the number one pound-for-pound pound king. Let's move on. I agree with everything you said except the last part. Volk being bigger would change how the fight goes and maybe not in the way you think it does. Oh, yeah, and this is another thing. Whoever gave Islam four rounds to one, like, what were you looking at, bro? What were you looking at? Now, these tweets I'm looking for, they're from Will Brooks. He was trying to get a fight with Jalen Turner. But they have announced that Jalen Turner will fight Mateusz Gamrod. Of course, Jalen Turner was supposed to fight. Dan Hooker, but Dan Hooker got hurt. But let's keep an eye out on Will Brooks, man. I think he's going to be in the UFC shorter rather than later. Let's see. 
reports Mateusz Gamera replaces Dan Hooker, fights Jalen Turner at, I think it's UFC 285. Yeah. It looks like Turner is getting a high-profile replacement after Dan Hooker was forced from the UFC 285 pay-per-view bout due to injury. The UFC looks to have top-quality pay-per-view brewing next month in Las Vegas headlined by the heavyweight debut of light heavyweight champ John Jones taking on Cyril Gaon for Francis Ngannou's vacant strap. <laughs> That's funny. This card is also set to feature Valentina Chevchenko defending her flyweight title against Alexa Grasso and a quality welterweight belt between Jeff Neal and Shafkat Ragmodov. On a surefire action fight, however, we'll be missing a lightweight battle between top-ranked fighters Dan Hooker and Jalen Turner. The two lanky 155ers were poised for a high-octane striking showdown. Fortunately, derailed after Hooker suffered a broken hand in training. Fortunately, it looks like the fans won't be seeing a major downgrade in card quality for the cancellation. Fanside reported that number 7 ranked Mateusz Gamera is stepping in for Hooker to take on the number 10 ranked Turner. Feels like something rare these days in the UFC. When top 10 when a top 10 fighter is willing to look down the rankings for an opportunity. Yeah, so Will Brooks was trying to get that Jalen Turner fight, but I guess they didn't want to give it to him. He's been trying to get on the Ultimate Fighter. I can't. Let me just look for his profile. He's been trying to get on the Ultimate Fighter because I don't know if you heard, but it's going to be like half vets and half newcomers. And I know I spoke about this before on the program, but Will Brooks has two victories over Mike Chandler. That won't be the first time that happened when a competitor has a win over the coach. Again, going back to Jens Pulver, before he did the coaching job, he lost to a guy named Joe Lozon, and then Joe ended up being on the Ultimate Fighter on BJC. Dude, look, this was 23 hours ago. I said I could be ready in March. This is um Will Brooks' response to Jalen Turner. But I'm not on the roster, so Dana White, Sean Shelby, Mick Maynard, don't let Jalen Turner's camp go to waste. Because Jalen Turner said, if only you had the confidence to be ready for March 4th, especially after having the confidence to call me out. Humble yourself. And then this was on February 12th. This was two days ago. I'm the only person to step up to fight Jalen Turner on short notice. Guys of the U UFC roster ain't said a word or they're trying to move the fight to a later date. They know why Sean Shelby McMaynard don't let Turner's camp go to waste. Let's cook. And he was trying to get on the... He's trying to get back in. He's like, I'd love to get back in and fight Drew Dober again. See if I can't get another W against him. No disrespect to Dober. Your boy's just trying to find a way. <laughs> That's funny. Look, look, look. Only two reasons the UFC doesn't want have me on top. My history with Chandler could take away from Chandler McGregor buildup. Especially when I talk more shit than McGregor. <laughs> He puts, look, this, this is funny. So I'm gonna start all over. The only two reasons the UFC doesn't have me on top. My history with Chandler can take away from Chandler McGregor. The Chandler McGregor buildup, especially when I would talk more shit than McGregor takes away from the heat. Oh, when I read that, like, I, like he says that he talks more shit than the shit McGregor takes, but. I get it. <laughs> it wasn't that funny when I originally read it. I'm sorry. Number two, Chandler Turner. Out to be a coach for the vets. Can't coach the guy that beat you twice. That doesn't work. And again, would or could take away from Chandler McGregor buildup. I don't know. Kind of makes sense. Or I pissed in someone's 
Cheerios and they're still mad. Left my ass off. Four, Chandler probably said no when or if they mentioned my name. I mean, is it, because is it prospects versus vets? Or is it a mixed bag? I'm going to ask somebody at the UFC, see if they'll get back to me. But you know what he should do is try to get on the Dana White contender series. He go, see, look, this was the original tweet I read. Damn, we missed it. Apparently, they canceled the whole tough season already, but I'll stay ready. You never know what could happen. We've seen injuries on the show before. But yeah, he fits the bill. Like, I, like what he's saying about the Chandler thing could be true. Because he did. But I'm telling you, like, the one fight I saw, he beat the brakes off Mike Chandler. In my opinion. So, okay. There's that. Will Brooks made me laugh. <laughs> Apparently, he likes to talk smack. So, we'll see what happens, man. Look. Dude, are they going to do the interim bantamweight belt? Because Sean O'Malley says, I can't wait to beat up Henry. That might be a sign that they're going to do interim Bantamweight belt because um, Sterling is taking way too long to heal. Okay, now we're going to go to Dan Hooker's tweets. This is going to be it. And then, okay, so this was the first, this was the first tweet and like the language is very strong. And I know I like to curse, but I think this word is really strong. But Here we go. Dumb Cud thinks he can fly to Australia, hire a nurse and give him an IV and we won't find out cheating dog and then after that he go he googled ufc how long is the suspension for iv use and then it says ufc fighters can face up to two years of suspension for iv use and then he puts you started doing fuck all and then he goes prove me wrong bitch you can't he doesn't cheat he doesn't win and then some guy asked him dan who are you talking about it's early it's early east coast usa so it's hard to find out islam is a cheat that's what he's saying. And then, let me see if I can find it. Rizban Magomedov is his co-manager for Islam. I guess this was his first response. Jealous loser spreading lies. Eventually, this is all you can do. Okay, tired. No more Twitter for me today. And then somebody asked him, all right, little bro, what's up with this? And it looks like a mark on Islam's arm. And he goes, mandatory blood test by Australian Commission Wednesday morning. Right before media and photo shoot. Ask Hooker. Find the nurse with commission. She can confirm. And then, okay. That, that's, what all, that's all that he said. At this point, guys, just run it back. I mean, like I said earlier, you can have Yair fight either Ortega or the winner of Arnold Allen and Max Holloway. Because, But then the problem is that Max wins. You're going to do the fourth fight with Volk? After Volk already beat him three times? Especially that third time? And another thing is, People are saying, well, if you think Volk won, talk, go ask about his second Max Holloway fight. Like, get out of here with that garbage. You know why? Because he fought Max a third time. It wasn't right away, right? But he beat the brakes off of him, so get out of here with that. But that's all I got for you guys. Remember, follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Later, guys. Deuces.